Kowalski, what's our trajectory? Ninety-five percent certainness landed massive flaming disaster. And the other five percent irrelevant, sir. <laughs> We're all fine here. Uh, how are you? <laughs> this is episode two hundred and ninety-eight on May tenth, two thousand nineteen. everyone and welcome to the tiny shutter podcast where we talk about iphone photography and anything else that might jump into our heads i'm matt hoffman i'm dave podner and i'm greg mcmillan all right so um we are without joe this week uh we'll just say he's on assignment i don't know why he's not here he's just not and that's just how it's going to be well, I'm assuming he's on the fourth or fifth viewing of Infin- of uh, Avengers um, Endgame. Oh, that boring movie. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was so boring. Never saw it. Uh, I'm sure that we'll get maybe some hate mail directed at me for saying that, but it was really boring. Mark will get the hate mail. Yeah, and I actually so already had this discussion <laughs> with him, so he already knows how I feel about it. But in any case, um, well, good for good for Joe. I hope he's getting a lot of rest because uh, I know I sure did during that movie. <laughs> uh, all right, so I don't know if you guys remember last week we talked uh, for you know just a tiny little bit about Facebook. Okay, just checking to make sure you remember because it was such a small part of the show. Wasn't sure if you remembered. <laughs> small blip. Yeah. Um. So I thought it would be awesome to continue talking about Facebook and social media because, hey, who wants to talk about photography when you could talk about social media? No, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I do want to talk about kind of how social media and photography um uh i don't i don't know how to phrase this really kind of exist yeah in, in a this love hate kind of way um so yeah i guess this is going to be our our main discussion for the week and then you know obviously we'll get into some other stuff after this but um you know, last week we shared, you know, kind of our thoughts about, you know, Facebook and and privacy concerns and, and whether we use it or don't use it and all that fun right. stuff. Because yeah. I quit I quit Facebook and that was kind of the, you know, that's kind of what brought this whole thing on. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, I, I think being that uh, – you know, we, we're photographers, you know, we enjoy photography and we're using Instagram and, and stuff like that. It's, it's hard not to think about the photography aspect of this. And, you know, if, when I think back to when I started like with Facebook, um, well, primarily with Facebook, my, the main impetus behind it for me was, well, this is a cool way for me to share my pictures, you know, because, before that, um, I think the only thing I was doing was Flickr. Holy smokes, how long has Flickr been around? A really long time. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so then I you know I pretty much had Flickr and Facebook, and um, while I had some engagement on Flickr, you know people leaving comments and stuff like that, there was to me more meaningful engagement on Facebook because it was people that I knew. You know, I didn't know who the people were on Flickr, but everybody on Facebook was somebody that I knew. So, um, you know, it was nice, you know, hearing what they had to say about the picture. And I guess it could be argued that maybe any critiques or criticism that you got on Flickr was maybe a little more valuable because it's people that you don't know. So they're not as likely, you know, to act like your mom and tell you that every picture you ever take is the best picture ever. 
Um, but um, I don't know. I, I've kind of viewed over the last like 10 years or so, like photography as being somewhat um, or social media rather being somewhat essential to digital photography. Cause I mean, how else are you getting your pictures out there and, you know, sharing them with everyone. And one of the things that I've noticed lately, um, and I've kind of noticed it everywhere, really. I've noticed it in posts on Instagram, on posts on Facebook. Um, it's being talked about in various photography podcasts uh, recently. Um, there's a lot of pro photographers, in uh, specifically pros, we'll say, that use and have used Facebook and other social media platforms to promote uh, not only their photography for like selling prints or, you know, getting other types of work, but also for promoting their, um, you know, their workshops, their uh, um, uh, education, you know, that they produce or whatever it would be. Um, so social media is super duper important to what they do. But then at the same time, they turn around and they start complaining about how, um, you know, they're posting pictures of, I don't know, let's just say it's somewhere in Iceland or like somewhere out West, like in Utah or something like that. And now they're surprised that when they go back to these places that there's like, zillion people there and the place is getting trampled and um now there's fences being put up or access is being restricted or or something of that nature um so i just find find it a little bit funny and somewhat ironic that the very platforms that photographers nowadays rely on to um promote what they do and to share their work is the same platforms that now they're kind of revolting against because it's making uh, things too accessible and uh, kind of ruining the, the places that they like to go and shoot. And, and I guess I should also mention this probably affects landscape photographers more than anybody else. Um, you know, this wouldn't affect someone shooting portraits in a studio quite as much, but I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? Does any of this make sense, or have you noticed, you know, this kind of stuff going on? Yeah, it makes a lot because uh, I mean, I've seen the, uh, you know, exactly what you're talking about. There's there's a place, um, there's a place north of me up the peninsula. Uh, I did a video for Tiny Shutter called. Um, Bruce Peninsula National Park, and it was a real windy, windy day, and the waves were, you know, just crazy. Um, and it was just after I got my eight plus, so it was almost two years ago now. But um, that particular area is such a tourist attraction now that you're in in like when i was there it was not so busy and it was it was outside of the tourist season but during tourist season in the summertime you have a time limit uh that you could actually stay at that place you can't stay any more than um i don't know if it's two or three hours or whatever but you know to go from the parking lot to hike in to the shoreline to see you know the attraction which is a place called the grotto um, I mean, it takes you, I forget how long it took me now. Cause that was the only time I've ever been there. Uh, and it was, it might've been like a half hour walk in. So if you're only allowed a couple of hours, half that time is spent walking to and from this, this, uh, you know, this tourist attraction. Um, and, and I mean, there's, there's a very well, um, uh, well packed paths that go into this place so you could tell that they're well used and even on that cool i would say cold windy rainy day in october that i was there i i could not get a photo without anybody in it um specter wasn't a thing back then so uh, i didn't have that to rely on to actually let the people fade out of the image but um you know it was so busy 
even then uh, th- that uh, it, it's it, it just goes to show you that I mean that's a little place up on the on the north end of the peninsula up up here in in southwestern Ontario Canada I mean it's not um, it's not a world renowned tourist place like the Grand Canyon or something like that so just the fact that these places are are being tagged in photos and and people are finding out about them and and they're becoming more and more popular i mean obviously the catalyst to all that is social media you know whether it's facebook instagram twitter flickr whatever it, people are posting pictures of these places and naturally if you want to you know if you like what you see you're going to want to go and capture it yourself I know people who go to this place that I'm talking about maybe two or three times a year even. <laughs> um, full disclosure, I have every intention of visiting that place that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll like it. Yeah, it's on, <clears throat> on my list. But I mean, um, I, I guess like whose fault is this? Is it social media's fault? I I, I don't know if it is or, or not because – I mean, the you know obvious, I, the obvious. I don't, think, I don't think you can put blame anywhere, uh, other than to say society, society itself. Because, uh, oh, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you pinpoint blame on, on something that, um, I mean, social media wasn't invented to, uh, you know, make these places so popular that everybody's going to go there. Uh, I mean, that's that. That certainly was never the intention. I don't think. I don't think anybody, uh, whether it's Zuckerberg or or whoever, uh, when they sat down to create their social network, I don't think they had any idea what was going to happen. It's just, you know, it it makes things, it makes it so easy for someone to access a place now because it's so much easier to find. Before social media and before Google Maps and all that stuff, these pl- these places were likely hardly uh, ever visited by the masses, you know, for obvious reasons, because they didn't know about them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the obvious solution here is to not to not tag it, to not tag the location. And, um, you know, there's. Uh, the main reason for for tagging a location is really to get more likes, you know, like on Instagram or whatever, because, you know, if somebody's searching a, a location, you want your picture to pop up or whatever. But, um, you know, if it's anymore, if it's a, a popular place, if it's um, – uh, tunnel view in Yosemite or delicate arch in arches national park. Um, there's really no sense in not tagging it because everybody knows, you know, what those are and, and knows those spots. You're not really protecting it by not, not tagging it. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's a place that's been popular for, you know, long before social media was a thing, but there's, there's plenty of places out there that, you know, like like you said, are were not well known before all this technology that we have now. You know, before mapping software and um, mm-hmm. you know Facebook and Instagram, and you know someone takes a cool picture there and shares it online, and now everyone within you know a hundred mile radius needs to go there and try to get the you know, the same shot. And so it's, it's those kind of places, these maybe more local, like beautiful places that really need to be kind of anonymized and protected a little bit more than the, the real famous landmarks, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and you know, there's not many places in the world that are not like, like that, that would be uncharted. Um, I mean, it's so easy to see the world now on a screen anyway, um, that it's it's uh, you know and something else to to think about is and and I would like to have Erin Perillion back on the show sometime. She came on uh, about a year and a half ago and just to talk about her photography. But she's very big on on uh, conservation and um, like she likes to go to the Adirondacks 
and she's very big on on preserving the nature of of the area that of the, you know of that area. Um, so I'd like to I'd love to have her on again to talk about that uh, because she she probably knows more about it than any of us. So um, you know, conservation is is really big. Like nothing worse than walking through a trail through the woods and seeing. A soda can or a, a coffee cup or something laying there on the side of the on the side of the trail. It's just it just annoys me to no end. That, you know that people can't yeah. take care of it. No, I agree with you. And I mean, even just today, I, I you know experienced a situation similar to that. I I went to go check out a a waterfall that I saw that I was close to uh, on Google Maps. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, so I, I went there and, and hiked the little trail that goes from the parking lot like down to the falls, and it's kind of like a switchback uh, trail that was um, probably three three quarters of the way down to the falls. It was paved, but and it was a you know a switchback thick kind of thing because the the bank was real steep. But of course, you know, people cut the switchbacks so they you know make their own trail like a shortcut yeah. mm-hmm. and then towards the bottom there was a a garbage can um with garbage laying all over the ground around it you know mm-hmm. just like a ton of garbage you know which wow. was really kind of distressing to see um you know so uh, stuff like that happens everywhere and you know there's a, another spot uh, here in Ohio that I've been posting pictures of lately um, that for some reason it's one of my favorite spots and, and of course it's, it's a waterfall and you know the <clears throat> I have to assume it's, it's like local kids that live near there go down into this gorge and spray paint the rocks you know you, you, there's messages spray painted on the cliffs and some of the larger boulders and everything and you know depending on how I compose a shot there i might have to kind of clone out spray paint yeah yeah and it's a sad thing it is yeah so i don't really know like what i hope to accomplish with this conversation it's just something that i that i noticed it's facebook and instagram and stuff it just seems like a catch-22 especially for landscape photographers you know it's you're trying to promote what you do you're trying to share what you love, and then the things that you love get ruined. Yeah, well, yeah. I was going to say, Dave, if you have anything to, to yeah, mention well, on, on this end of it, go ahead, because I have one little point I want to make, but it's on a bit of a tangent, so go ahead, okay. Dave. Well, I can also see from, let's say, if it's a state park or a national park, not probably not so much national parks, but state and local park, parks, they – there's that balancing act of we want people to know we're here because there's so many times i mean i remember it was last year i was um we were riding by this one place and the sign out front i mean it's not too far away from where we are and we've been by it plenty of times and the front of it looked like um like a trailer park almost, you know, like Happy Meadows. I forget, I forget what the Harrison Hills, I think the place was named. And it's, it, it kind of had that. And it's like, oh, that's an actual regional park. You know, I don't know if it was state or county park, but it was an actual park park. And so it would just completely off our radar, even though it's local, it's been there for decades. Um, it's not that far away from where we live. And like I said, we've been by it and then we just didn't know if it was there. So I can see places like, you know, you hear something shutting down or closing off or, you know, it's like, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. You mean there was, there was a park within quick little driving distance. I had no idea it existed. It was right there where I could get some great photos or, you know, just go for a nice walk or maybe there's a nice place, you know, somewhere in there. Where they have to say, well, we want people to know we exist, but we don't want to be, like you said, I know like the U.S. state, the U.S. national parks, where they say, we're going to have to have people start making for free, but make reservations so we don't have so much overcrowding that people can't get in and out. 
So it's almost we want people to know we're here, but we don't want so many people to know we're here that all of a sudden we're overwhelmed with what's going on. Yeah, so hence that you know that that comes back to my point about this place up the peninsula where they give you a time limit that you're to be there. Yeah. And and all I mean, mind you, they I think I believe they charge you to park and everything too. So yeah. um, you know, they're there's they're implementing little ways to get you there, but then okay, you've had your time, now goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which again is completely understandable and you know, and also it's a matter of and I don't think this is just something of the young kids if you will, not being respectful because we've seen people who are older um, also not take care of areas where they're around. But just common courtesy, if you're going somewhere, you know, don't, you know, treat it better than even your own place. And one thing we can do, the, the community we, if you will, the royal, the royal we, um, we have to set a better example. I should say better, but we have to set the best possible example. You know, as people who want to have these places in good shape, if we make the example and we stand out as, you know, being respectful, taking care of what we have, making sure we don't trash the place even by accident, you know, we go out of our way. Hopefully people will notice that and, you know, it'll act as a way where people can say, okay, oh, I see this person acting that way. Oh, I guess I shouldn't do this after all, even though I saw someone else do it and maybe get a little internal dialogue started on their end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, aware, awareness and everything else. That's uh, that's mm -hmm. a big thing. And, and, and I think that's part, partly what Aaron is, is, trying to do uh, on the conservation side of things. But um, I just wanted to make one quick point before we um, tie this conversation off about social media. And that is, um, you know, it's going back to Facebook again. And it's just something that kind of, you know, grinds my gears about it for lack of better terms is that, you know, in the terms of uh, terms of use or whatever for their site, I mean, it's so long and so full of information that nobody ever reads it. But uh, I'm looking at a website here called uh, Plagiarism Today, and it's about this is a guy who um, is frustrated with the plague of plagiarism online, and he's trying to do something about it. So he's putting all this stuff like he's um, he's trying to make people aware of all the things that you know sh maybe shouldn't be happening or whatever. But anyway, the one line that he has on here, and he's talking about putting fa photos on Facebook. And what he says here is, in short, after, you know, um, pasting a part of their terms or whatever on on his site here, uh, it says, in short, Facebook has a broad license to use your work, but there is no copyright transfer and Facebook does not own your images in any way. But what, what the point is, is that once you post a photo on Facebook, they can do whatever they want with it, even though they don't own the copyright. But and they don't own the image, but they can still do what they want with it. So, I guess bottom line is, is if they want to use your image in advertising or whatever, uh, I'm assuming that they can probably do that. And that that to me is wrong. Uh, you know, they shouldn't be able to they shouldn't be able to do whatever they want with your photo just because you put it on their site. So I, I just wanted to mention that because, um, you know, it has to do with photos and photography. And and I know we've talked about copyright and whatnot before, but uh, I don't think we've really mentioned what big, you know, social media companies like this think they can get away with or apparently they can get away with if it's written into their terms. If you if you agree to these terms, then you're on, on their site type of thing. So... I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, the I don't know. It's one of them things, man, where if you're not paying for it, then you are the product. 
Exactly. Yeah, that is so true. And I mean, like I said last week, I still am on Instagram, and I'm sure that their their terms say the same thing. Uh, but why am I still on Instagram? It's to me as a mobile photographer, it's the place to be for mobile photography. And until something better comes along, that's going to beat it. I mean, that's I'm I'm pretty much stuck with it. Uh, yeah, I don't know what your options are at this point. Uh, yeah. yeah, what what yeah, was there's... that? Uh, this is getting a little. Now we're getting straying a little bit here, but what was that um, platform called that was like really big, like a handful of months back that you had joined? Vero. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that try to resurge that or something. Yeah, I mean it's still going strong, but I just don't know if it'll ever gain enough traction to uh, to be number one in that space. I I haven't heard anybody mention it in however long it's been six yeah. months. Yeah. Well, it's almost like. To equate it with video, it's almost like, okay, no one likes YouTube because there's, you know, their policies, their service, their quick quick takedowns of things that probably shouldn't be taken down. But you're like, okay, what's the alternative that could even be close to being that popular? And the answer is really nothing. Yeah. Right now. There's Vimeo, but yeah, you know, again, it's small potatoes compared to YouTube. Well, and I think Vimeo's doing that on purpose because they do limit you on how much you can upload and your bandwidth and so many per month and everything. Which I understand they're going for quality versus quantity, but mm-hmm. you're still not going to get the 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 mass of people unless you open up the flag floodgates. Same thing with you know, I say a photo site. If it's like if they either say, well, but they did the flicker where, you know, now it's mostly, you know, it's like, well, we're doing something different. Well, you're you're not going to get the masses and flicker. And I haven't tried for a while. Their mobile site still stinks. I'm assuming they haven't upgraded their app or their site. If you guys I don't know if you guys have tried that since they got bought by um last year uh, by, by smug mug smug, smug yeah it, it's it's not really it, is, it hasn't changed much yeah, See, in, yeah that, to my just, to my knowledge they need a major upgrade there yeah yeah they need to give it more group interaction and stuff like that uh, all right well i think we've talked enough about this uh facebook and social media stuff and um you know i I don't know if we are trying to tell anybody that it's good or bad. It's probably just more along the lines of be careful with what you're sharing out there. And, uh, you know, with today's discussion, when it comes to tagging, maybe give some thought to the type of place it is that, that you're going to tag. Is it, if it's fragile, maybe don't use a super specific, uh, location tag, maybe be a little bit more general with it. Okay, let's move on to some app uh, updates, maybe. It's that simple to put the app right on the phone. Help. Dave, did you have a uh, an app update you wanted to share? Yeah, this is something uh, Greg give Greg um, credit for the for the thought process here of uh, apps that not necessarily recently updated, but apps that probably may or may not be mentioned as much or apps that um, just haven't used for a while or ones just to get people's attention. And the one I used in the past, and it's a nice artistic filter. Um, so if you're looking for photorealistic uh, editing, um, this is definitely not the, not the movement here. Uh, it's Art Card by... Bicasso. So it's B E C A S S O. Um, where basically it, it's real simple. You take your photo in whatever app you want to, import, basically open app, open up a gallery, pick it the, there. And it's a limited 
not, it still give you a good amount of, of filters, but limited is around 20, I think, or so. Um, but most of the filters also have a switch you can apply or unapply a, a different look to it. But it gives you a nice look to a lot of different pictures. Um, if you again, if you want to go more for artistic or a different mood to a photo that you're going for. Um, now, it, I believe it's a, it's been a while since I purchased it, but I believe it was a free app mainly because they got their money by after you take your photo, you put whatever filters you want on it, um, you finish up with that, and then you can either save it. Or, well, obviously you can remove um, watermarks. It does ask you if you want to do a watermark, but you could order prints off of it or send postcards. So that's pre primarily where they're getting their money from, where you can actually make your image, order your print through the app and pay so much for it. But the nice thing is you can save it so you don't have to order your print that way. Um, so you can just save it. It has Instagram integration. But it does have some nice little, uh, and for me, a lot of times with the, a lot of the filters you get where they'll say, we give you 300 different filters. And when I look at a program that gives you 300, in, like in the hundreds of filters, I'm like, okay, um, that's kind of too many. Um, yeah. if I want to say, okay, I have a photo, what do I want it to look like? And I'm like, well, do I want to make it look like filter FS1 or FS3 or AT4? I'm like, okay, what do all those mean? I have no idea where with this one. And I've seen this with other programs too at the, well, this one at the bottom does not give you a thumbnail of what it, of what the, um, picture will look like afterwards, but it gives you a sample of here's a feeling for what the photo will look like to see even if you're interested to try it or not. And it's yeah, relatively... It, it, oh, I'm sorry. It, it reminds me of Prisma. Yes, yes. Um, I would say the one advantage, and this is something I've still had problems with Prisma as much as I like it, it takes too long to put the filters on. Where I open up the photo, I hit the filter in Prisma, and then you wait a second or two for it, it to get applied. So if you want to try four or five different filters, I know, you know, it's it's kind of like yelling at the microwave waiting for your water to heat up. But, you know, it's like hit the photo, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I guess I didn't like that filter after all. Click on our one, wait, wait, wait. And all of a sudden it takes forever. This thing is almost instantaneous. And I have a 10, but even on my older phone, it still was pretty quick in terms of, so you can try multiple ones. Uh, the changes are relatively quick to apply. Again, not a lot of fine tuning here. So um, you can't do, well, I want to do this here. And let's say I want to map. No, there's no masking. It's you're putting it all in one, but it's a nice way to get some kind of interesting filters applied to the actual um, photo itself. Cool. Well, the, this uh, this app is free anyway. to get, but it does have uh, in-app purchases. And luckily, like I said, I think the most, I think really the only in-app purchase I can see is getting rid of the watermark. So, uh, if you're happy with the watermark. And it's not a very, you know, the watermark doesn't scream out at you over the top of the image, per se. So it's something definitely you can live with. I believe it's only like it's on the bottom right-hand corner. It's almost like a signature look to mm -hmm. it. So it's it's very minor. It's very minor. So it's nothing that's really going to distract or cause much issue with the actual photo itself. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so they do actually list they have four different um, in-app purchases. The remove watermark costs a dollar ninety-nine, okay. and then they have I don't know what these things are, but they're named after coffee drinks. There's 
espresso, which is 99 cents, cappuccino, which is $1.99, and mocha, which is $2.99. Honestly, I think because in the app it also says buy us a coffee. So I think those are just straight out tips. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. It's kind of based on how much those coffees would cost or, you know, different levels that way. That's a cheap coffee place. (laughs) Just saying. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. Cool. Greg, what do you got for us? Okay. I've got this really interesting camera app that that takes manual photography to another level here. It's called Analog, and it's by a developer named Marcus Carlson. And I honestly don't know what it costs because I've had it for so long that um, uh, I'm pretty sure I, I, you know, either bought it if it was if it wasn't free, or I've uh, I've made the in-app purchases. But um, <clears throat> excuse me, what it does is when you open it up. First, there's some basically like photography lessons, like there's a lesson on composition and things like that. But then once you hit the big plus sign at the bottom of the screen, then it takes you into your camera selection. Um, So there's large format, medium format, pocket camera, and then then there's the the editing part of the, the app, which is called Darkroom. So what's really interesting about this is I'll start I'll start with a small camera pocket camera when you open that it opens up uh, it looks like the back of a pocket camera an old pocket camera and then the only way you can see an image is by looking at a little <clears throat> a little viewfinder uh, excuse me once And good thing we have a cough button. Um, there's there's a, li- a little, very small image of what you're looking at. It's 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 like looking through the viewfinder of a of an old pocket camera. And then the only other thing that is um, usable on the screen is the shutter button. Now, obviously you just tap on it, but it, it almost looks like you want to press down on it because it just has that appearance to it. And then of course there, there's the uh, the little photo um, preview in the bottom corner, pretty much like any other camera app. And that, when you take a photo with that, it, it saves the the image like a negative. Everything is it's black and white, but everything is is reversed from the other from each other. Like the darks are lights, and the lights are darks. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's the um, the pocket camera, and then if you go to medium format. Now, for pocket camera, you have to turn your phone and ho- hold it horizontally. For medium format, you can keep your, your phone uh, vertical. And what it does is shows you the image, but it's flipped horizontally. Um, or is it vertically? Anyway, it's left becomes right and right becomes left. And you have, um, you have lens choice if you have a, a dual lens camera on your phone then you have film choice where again i don't know if these are included with the app if you buy it outright or if they're in that purchases but i happen to have uh one day about 10 or 11 of these different films like 125 iso ilford uh, like a black and white film uh there's iso 100 t max these are all black and white films from back in the day and uh, kids ask your parents about these (laughs) so you can choose your film type and then on the interface you have right below the image the image preview is it's like the um, uh, exposure compensation dial but it has a dot that moves back and forth uh, and it goes to the left if the scene is too dark and it goes to the right if it's too bright and it's it goes green in the in the middle that's when you know your exposure is correct so then below that you have your iso selection you have your exposure time um 
Oh, no, wait, that's the... See, it doesn't have labels or anything. Yeah, I guess that's your exposure time in seconds. And then below that is a dial that you turn to, that you move back and forth to expose it. So it, it's it's like an old medium format camera. And then real quick, the large format, it's interesting even more so because what it does is it flips the image upside down. And then you've got your, your different camera controls. So when you flip the image upside down, it's hard to compose it. But the idea behind that is that you come up with a more appealing composition because you're not worried so much about what you're looking at, but how you're looking at it. And and I find that very interesting when when trying to take a photo, especially you know a landscape photo. Um, if you've never tried to compose an image with this type of viewfinder with everything upside down, uh, it. it um, it really makes you want to. It makes you want to stop and think more about the composition than anything else. So, so those are the three different cameras. Then you get into the dark room, and you can, of course, you see your negatives there in on your in your light box, and then you you pick the one you want to work on, and you can. Um, there's different scales of of. Uh, well, there's different filters. Uh, it's so hard to explain. Each 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 um, test strip is divided into five or six different uh, shades of exposure, for, I guess you could say, and uh, you, you just go through them. And, and when you pick the, you know, the kind of exposure that you want, then you can go in and you use your dodge and burn and crop and all that stuff. And it's 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 really well it's it's worth looking at. Um, I know I'm just kind of sounding like I'm eating marbles here but uh, it's, it's such a hard such a hard thing to explain verbally without being able to show you and uh but it's called I, I analog in, so i think in today's day and age it's hard to explain because so many photographers have never worked with film and have never developed film or or been in a dark room to make their own prints or anything um yeah you know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because I've done all this stuff, you know, for mm -hmm. real uh, back day. But, um, yeah. It's but I think if you, if you want to improve your photography skills, like if you want to learn more about photography and how it works, this is a great way to do that. Uh, I mean, it's one thing to have a camera app that has manual controls, but it's another to have... Um, one with manual controls and different types of uh, screens that that show you different types of ways to get the composition and whatnot. I mean, take it, take a walk down memory lane with it. it it's really cool. Oh, Very and, cool. And Greg, I just looked it up on the app store. It is two ninety nine with no in app okay. purchases. Okay. And we talked a little before the show, and I said this looks like darker D A K R. Mm -hmm. uh, same developer. Oh, it is, eh? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, uh, I yeah. Because I think the dark room looks very, very similar to the the uh, functions yeah. in that other app. Yeah. Yeah, and I know darker is available at no cost. But if you want to do something more than just input photos from another app, that's an additional in-app purchase. Mm -hmm. But the the editing it sounds almost the same. Where you're having to move and you can dodge and burn and. Things that I never had, to, I never dealt with because I never actually did developing of my own film. Yeah, I never have either, and uh, you know that's another thing that makes it very interesting to try. Yeah, well, I should say this: outside of uh, driving down to the little man who used to live in the little hut in the middle of the parking lot, and right, coming yeah. back and coming back a week late, kids ask your parents, uh, and coming yep. back a week <laughs> later and having film and having. Magically, the uh, the the film was magically converted into um, film. <laughs> yeah. All right. I do not have one to share because um, I don't know. I really haven't been using any different apps lately. I just use the same old the same old thing all the time. Polar. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but it's a good one. Yeah, 
You have to pry it from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that cheery note. Well, well, let me let me actually get to a, a cheery note here, if I could. Something I'm, I'm kind of throwing in here at the last minute, and it's so, it's not a hundred percent tiny. Sh- I would say it's not tiny shutter related, but it is social media related, um, and something positive. Because we, we talked about like some of the negatives that can come from social media and photography. Uh, something that came, at least in my mind, recently. And it is a local story. So it's a local to Pittsburgh that looked like it virally went crazy um, nationally. And maybe even interna- internationally, for all I know. Um, someone, it was, it's, it's regarding the marathon we just had. Uh, someone posted the photo of two women holding hands uh, when they were right around mile 25 of the marathon. Now, for those who don't know, marathon's 26.2 miles. So they were almost at the end. And basically, and it, you can see just a few hundred feet behind the women are is the police and the sweep bus that takes people off the road when they give up or they go too slow if they're having any issues. So these are the last two women on the course. And they're basically, it's a great photo of, and again, it's not great because it's high resolution. It's not great because, you know, necessarily the angle is absolutely wonderful or something else going on. It's the story you can tell just from looking at it. And it's just, so overwhelmingly positive the reaction which is so unusual when it comes to social media and anything that goes out Uh, i would say the reaction's been 95 percent positive to this photo and it's just a really happy positive thing that happened from just a photograph that someone took that was kind of unplanned I think the guy was probably on the back seat of a truck, you know, as they're following the the people f- as they're clearing up the race course. So there is positive yeah. out there. There is positive out there. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that photo today actually. It is a good photo, a good story, all that fun stuff. Cool. Well, that's and plus the fact that it's a local thing for you is pretty cool too. Yeah. So, very good. All righty, let's move on to everyone's favorite part of this show: post pick of the week. Post pick of the week. All right, so. Um, this is going to be one of those bye weeks where we, uh, pick from, um, the tiny shutter hashtag on Instagram. Uh, so we're in the middle of our current challenge. Uh, um, and that challenge is, uh, what's it, what's blooming in your area, I believe is what we titled it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, basically flowers, show us some flowers, darn it. And, and of course, you know, everyone's doing that. There's a, a bunch of submissions so far, a lot of really nice shots too. I'm really digging some of the ones that kind of show, um, like flowers at sunset and stuff like that. So there's some pretty cool pictures without a doubt. So, um, you got, a few more days to get those submissions in before we end up picking the winner um, for that challenge. But um, Dave, you went at, you went ahead and you uh, picked a shot out of Instagram for yep. this week's post pick. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, this this shot just completely grabbed me when it, just going through the Instagram feed with the hashtag Tiny Shutter and just seeing what's out there. There were tons of really good photos. Um, but this one by our favorite macro photographer, Ithalu. Um, <laughs> it, she's, this is an amazing photo. Uh, it's a drop of water on a dandelion seed. And I'm assuming, it, I don't know what program she used to get a, this beautiful, 
um, jewel-like blue glow to the drop of water in the middle. But it is this is absolutely stunning. It it's one of those things that just catches your breath. It's so good. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if it's like water that was food colored, or maybe it's maybe it's Windex, or maybe it's uh, some sort of Gatorade. It's not. It's probably not Gatorade, but it could be you know anything. She might not have done the blue color digitally. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, there is a beautiful gradient. To, it isn't just a solid blue. There is a nice gradient in the drop itself, too. I think it's definitely... Well, maybe like, it like is I think digital. It's, no, I don't think it's digital, Matt, and I'll tell you why. You can see that there is a light held above it, right? You can see that it's top lit. And oh, yeah, looking, and at the, looking at the... Um, part of the seed that the water droplet is sitting on it's colored from the light shining through the water onto it onto it which uh you know it tells me that it's it's like a possibly food coloring or something um to to give it that blue that blue hue yeah i guess you're right cuz uh if it was just a blue filter of some sort that was just kind of uh, erased off the rest of the picture it only left on the drop that that white would not be white in the drop it would be blue yeah mm-hmm. i mean you technically you could mask that out but that would that would just be a very difficult mask i think mm-hmm Yeah, and and she hashtagged it blue drop as well, so that may say something about it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I, I I don't know, like this is on a, a black background, and you know, obviously a dandelion seed is white, you know, the white fuzzy thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the the contrast just makes this pop like just crazy mm-hmm. um it's super awesome so you guys are going to be pretty psyched when you see it in a little bit here it is and um uh i i would take a course from ithalu on macro photography <laughs> i know like, right ithalu take my money <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she is darn good at it. That's for yeah. sure. Well, su- super duper. So it sounds like we're pretty much all in agreement. Killer shot. Um, we're all jealous of it, kind of. Uh, yeah, it's so, a fantastic shot. And Matt, it, and this is to anyone out there. It's her. Her Instagram is i t h a underscore m a r. If you're yes. not following it. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yes, her name is Ithalu Dominguez, but her her, her uh, Instagram tag is Itha underscore Mar. Yeah, follow her now. Yeah, if you're if you're new to the show, then you may not have heard of her before now. And if you're not new to the show, this is like the tenth or twelfth time you've heard <laughs> us mention her. <laughs> All right. We can't awesome. count how many times we can't count how many times we've wanted to use an image of hers, but we just can't do it every week. Or can yeah. we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll just be Ithalu and then the runner up. <laughs> All right. Well, Congratulations, Ithalu. That is a um, awesome shot. And to be honest, it, even just looking at just your pictures, it's extremely hard to narrow down a winner. Uh, they're all so <laughs> awesome. But uh, congrats, congrats again. Um, so if if the you know if you guys want to participate in our post pick of the week, um, we have the uh, challenge that we do that we run for uh, two weeks. Um, you could go to our Facebook group and look for the pinned post. 
Um, and if you uh, are like Greg and you're not on Facebook, you could always go to Instagram and just hashtag your photos, Tiny Shutter, and we will be sure to see them. And um, yeah, once again, current challenge is what's blooming in your area. So uh, show us some cool flower pictures. All right, guys, I think we have ourselves a show. Uh, I feel like I might be forgetting something, so someone please rescue me right now and tell me what I'm forgetting. Well, we generally talk about what we've been up to, but... Uh... Oh, yeah, that. I'm still not in like in tune with this new format. Yeah, because usually by now we've already talked about it. That's right. And it, and it is getting late and I'm tired. Okay, we, but we can do that. We can do that. Um, let's start with you, Greg. What have you been up to? Well, not much, really. <laughs> All right, cool. So, Dave, what have you been up to? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know, other than the little run I did this past week, really not much going on that much either. <laughs> okay. And yeah, you can follow my overwhelmingly my overwhelming surge of marathon, a real half marathon and five k photos, probably on my Instagram. Um, if you like seeing lots of pictures of me running and lots of, uh, shiny stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, you have, uh, quite the metal collection, that's for sure. It's getting up there. It's getting up there. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, when you talk uh, about blooming, I'm still waiting for some, there's a few flowers out right now, but, but things aren't that far along just yet up here. So uh, I'm now calling this the United Sticks of America. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I, that that's the one thing I don't miss from like living up in New Hampshire is like the extremely late spring and the you know the f- leaves coming on the trees in the middle to end of May and then you know it, it's the first area in the country for the leaves to fall off. It's just too yeah. short, too short. Um, so seriously, you haven't really been up to anything. No, not really. Uh, I, I I work twelve hour shifts all week, and you know when I'm when I'm working, I just I go to work, I come home, I I you know I relax a little bit and go to bed. So there's really not much to talk about other than the Bruins are in the semifinals. Yeah, that's very exciting. Um, I haven't really been doing anything either. I've been. Uh, I don't know, somewhat overwhelmed with work, I guess. So pretty much at the end of every day, I've been just ready to turn my brain off and not really edit photos or take photos or I really haven't been doing anything. It's been yard work and and work. Um, I did manage to get out for like half an hour today. I stopped by a waterfall because, you know, what else would I be doing? Um, and uh, it was one that I'd never taken pictures of before. It's called uh, Great Falls on Tinker Creek. It's uh, uh, in northeast Ohio. And I was close by, so I ran over there and checked it out. It was pretty awesome. Never been in there before, and I was kind of blown away by how big the falls were. And uh, kind of ran around and tried not to slip on the rocks and got a few different compositions and played with my moment lenses and played with a specter and slow shutter cam and camera plus. Um, Oh, real quick camera plus. Um, This has been driving me bananas. So I know, (laughs) I know that like Mark loves camera plus for uh, doing the, the slow shutter type stuff. And um, I, I've always kind of ignored it for that. And today I was like made a concerted effort to to use it and really try it out. So I bring it up and I put it in slow shutter mode, and um, you know it it's uh, kind of like shutter priority, you could call it, where you know I'm adjusting the shutter speed, you know, between like one, one and a half, two seconds, whatever, and it's automatically adjusting the ISO to kind of keep the, you know, exposure correct or whatever. And um, while overall the exposure was fine for the scene, there was this one spot in some of my compositions that was like in shadow, and I wanted 
to uh, take some shots where that shadow was brighter. And granted, the rest of the picture would have been a little more like overexposed or blown out or whatever. But that was okay because that would have you know blended them together in uh, end light or something. So in any case, um, for the life of me, I could not figure out how to make that happen. I'm used to being able to like touch on the screen on an area and it'll adjust the exposure for that area. And in slow shutter mode, it wasn't doing that. It would only just focus on that area. There was no way to like split exposure and um, focus. And it was driving me bananas. I was like in the settings and trying to find like a way to do it. And I couldn't find a way to do it. And I got all frustrated. So, um, at, you know, before we started recording, I was basically telling you guys this exact same story and I opened uh, camera plus two just to kind of follow along with myself with what I was telling you guys. And it turns out that sometimes I'm just an idiot. So when you have it in slow shutter mode, um, like at the bottom of the screen or the right side of the screen because the the uh, controls don't really rotate um, or like the orientation doesn't really change depending on how you have your phone uh, rotated. Um, in any case on the, if you're, it, let's just say you're holding your phone in portrait orientation at the bottom of the, uh, the viewfinder, we'll call it on the left side is where there's a, a a little scrolly thing so you could adjust your shutter speed. And there's another scrolly thing on the right side, and that's for adjusting your ISO. So that would be where you would go to adjust, like, how bright or dark your picture is going to be at whichever shutter speed you had picked. But when I was outside, I could not tell that that was two different little scrolly things it kind of looked like just one continuous uh, thing. And I, so I didn't really realize that I had that capability. So um, I was really prepared to say slow shutter cam is stupid, but now I take it back because it's not. Except that's kind of a little bit of a design flaw, in my opinion, because it doesn't call out anywhere that that's the ISO that you're adjusting on the right side. Right, because the shutter speed has numbers to show what they are, and then the the ISO side doesn't not it doesn't have those values there. So you really don't know what it is until you you play around with it and, and kind of stumble upon it. Yeah, but in any case, um, I guess that's like the best thing that happened today is I got that all figured out now. Yay, yay me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to share it with the rest of you, and you all probably knew that, but I didn't. <sighs> okay, cool. Whew, good. <laughs> all right. That's going to be a, a headline somewhere. Tiny Shutter Podcast hosts have no idea how the apps work. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that was good times. I think we have ourselves a show. What do you guys say? Sounds good to me. Yep, sounds good. All right. Cool. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. All right, let's tell everybody where they can find us on the fabulous interwebs. Dave, let's start with you. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as ProfPod and in the uh, Facebook group as Dave Podner. All right, Greg. You can find me on Instagram as uh, McMillan Photo, and on Twitter McMillan underscore Photo, and on the Artful Eye Photography community as Greg McMillan. Super duper! All right, you guys can find me at uh, ooh, somewhere Twitter, Flickr, Instagram, and the Artful Eye Photography community at M Hoffman Photo. You can also find links to our show notes, our Facebook group, uh, our YouTube channel, our Patreon. Don't forget a patri- about Patreon um, and any other things that we have going going on by going to tinyshutter.com. 
Um, by the way, we have stickers, so check out our store and get some stickers. All right, guys, that is it. So let's go ahead and say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave us a review and a five-star rating. See you next week. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Kowalski, what's our trajectory? 95% certain this will end in massive, flaming disaster. And the other 5%. Irrelevant, sir. I'm getting tingly. Barely.